Today's podcast episode is one of a series of podcast episodes I recorded with my husband, Max Story, on a book that we co-wrote together, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. I know you'll enjoy the leadership principles that Mac brings to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Me podcast, so be sure to follow Mac on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter at MacStory, or subscribe to the Blue Collar Leadership podcast for more on the leadership principles that Mac teaches. All right, I am excited about today's podcast episode. Mac, we're going to be talking, continuing our, our podcast series on our book, Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Other through, Others Through Change. And last episode, you know, we really talked about nothing fails like success. And so that kind of naturally falls into today's episode. Where we're really talking about the impact of change. What, is, what does that mean to you? When I say the impact of change, what, what comes to mind for you? Uh, for, for me, it, I'm just reminded of all these teams, all these people that I've led through change over the years. And they're, they, it's the loss of the familiar. I mean, that's what, mm. that's why people resist. They know what's going on. A lot of times when I'm speaking to companies and we're out talking to leaders and maybe frontline, entry-level type people, it's, uh, I always tell them, you may know how to operate whatever system. Most people most people, no matter what job they're doing these days, they got they got some kind of system they're using mm. on some kind of device or either a computer or something like that. But let's say they've been working there twenty years. They know they know about the, the company and the organization and all that sort of stuff. But but then the system changes, and as soon as they hear the system's going to change, they start having anxiety because the unfamiliar is coming, and people start worrying about it, and they start talking about it, and and the, those who are most afraid of change start grouping together and, and they get each other all been out of shape and that sort of stuff and so when i think about the impact of change i think about the impact change has on most people people who don't have a a, a growth mindset who are not looking to change and then there, then there's those shiners we talked about the people who whine and the people who shine again most people are going to whine that's going to be their initial response but it doesn't have to be hopefully everybody listens to this podcast series with us they're gonna they're gonna be the shiners that's what we want to do we want to help you learn how to shine also we're going to talk about helping you learn why to shine what do you think about Bria? well I'm, I'm reminded of um john f kennedy's quote that says change is the law of life and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future and just like when you said the impact of change is the end of something familiar and and most of us don't like that right we like the familiar we like the comfortable and the impact of change most people just automatically start looking for the negative impacts of change but there are some positive impacts of change we just do have to remember and, and be intentional about looking for them you know change brings us new situations new opportunities certainly new challenges um but we've got to remember to look at that of the the focus point of looking at the change you know i like to use the analogy of you know a photographer with one of those big fancy cameras zoom lenses you know they 
get ready to take a picture and they can change what object in that picture that they're focusing on. Now they might choose to focus on something in the foreground or they might choose to focus on something in the background and whatever they are not focused on kind of blurs out a little bit because it's not the focus of the image. And we are just like that as people, you know, whatever we're looking at, whether it's a situation, an obstacle, an opportunity, whatever we're looking at in that moment, we can choose to focus on the positives or we can choose to focus on the negatives, right? Just like that photographer chooses the focus on the foreground or the background, we can do the same thing, but it comes down to a matter of mindset. That's good stuff for you. You know, while you're talking about that, I, I want to say, relative to, you know, on the personal side, relative to the impact of change. And, you know, Rhea said how much she used to kind of resist change. She <laughs> shared about that before. And, you know, our life as husband and wife has gotten better because we study all this stuff. I mean, that's why we started mm -hmm. back in 2008. We just want to be better people in general, in our own way, individually. We kind of started separately, but together because we were married, but we were just on our own little journey. And, but it made our life easier. Just like this content, uh, and I'm going to just shout out to all you folks who have a significant other in your life. If both of you are, go through this content and learn it together, you do a little book study at home using this book. Both of you get a copy, read a chapter together, underline, highlight your key points, and, and talk about it. Y your personal relationship is going to get better. Mm -hmm. it, it can't. Any of our books, any of anybody's books, any leadership books, anything dealing with change. But we're talking to you today about our book, so we're going we're gonna to share and we wrote these books on purpose that's why they have three page chapters but our life is better because we study this stuff we get our mindset right doesn't mean we're perfect i may get it wrong you may get it wrong but most of the time we get it right it makes our our relationship is phenomenal because of us learning all this stuff it was great before but it's phenomenal now i mean look anyone who's out there listening i mean you know your stuff that you're talking about i know the stuff i'm talking about but we live in the same house together and we got this proactive mindset. We don't see changes negative. We see it as positive. We can see the negative in it. We don't dwell on it. We acknowledge it. We know it's there, but like you said, what are we going to focus on there? When both of us are focused on focus, focusing on the positive, most often instead of the negative, our relationship better. If I bring a lot of negative and dump it in your lap, you, you might dump <laughs> some negative in my lap. Life's not going to be good like that. I'll throw it back at you. Yep. You know, it's, it's kind of the same thing when you're talking about, you know, a, a family unit growing together, because that's really what it is. You know, when you have a, a book study and a discussion, you're growing together. And it's the same concept when we apply that to an organizational setting, right? When a leader is helping the team members grow Maybe they're doing a book study there in the organization, having a book discussion, talking through some of these principles. You're helping the team grow together. You're helping people grow together and grow together all at the same time. Um, you know, the, the thing about the impact of change is that we cannot control every situation or every aspect of most situations, right? It's just a fact of life. But we always control how the change impacts us personally uh, and professionally, because there again, it comes down to the impact of change a lot of times is determined by our mindset, how we embrace the changes. Are we looking for the positives or are we just focusing on the negatives? And, you know, like you said, if you bring a whole bunch of negative to somebody, they are likely to just 
toss it right back at you. Noree, I don't know if you planned on sharing this any part of the episode, but I want to ask you to share it right now. I know you've talked about it a lot. You got three books on your personal story, but for you to talk about it, you got to share a little bit about your personal story. But I want to talk about, you know, when you and I met, when when you actually moved in with me, the change that happened in your life, the impact that was a, a mo- that was a monster change in your life, and and it needed you needed that change, but. Was it still easy mentally? I think you know what I want you to talk about there. That, that you know, leaving yeah. the comfortable for the uncomfortable, even though it's better, but you don't know because I think it fits real good with this this second second uh, episode in the fifteen part series. Yeah, you know, I, I talk about when I talk about my personal story. Um, I was a victim of, of sexual abuse by my father, starting at age twelve, and then it progressed as I got older and as he got bolder. And by the time I was seventeen, he was trafficking me. And you, you know, a lot of people who are following us regularly already know I left home at 19. I didn't have much of anything. You know, I didn't have a job or a car. I didn't have a high school diploma. I'd never been to to school. I'd always been homeschooled. And you're right when that, when, and what I tell people is as, as crazy as it sounds, because it does sound crazy to most people, unless you've lived in that type of manipulative, abusive environment, you don't really have the, the understanding, but as crazy as it sounds, that situation was terrible and horrible, but it was a known situation, right? And as people, I think a lot of times we know we need to make changes ourselves or we need to embrace change when it happens, but it's scary, right? Because change brings with it fear. And we're going to talk about that that in some of the, our future episodes too. But, but yeah, it was a scary time because there was a lot of change and uncertainty, even though it was a change I was desperate for and ready for and, you know, and, and so many ways excited about because it was a new chapter. Um, it was, it definitely had some, some, some scary elements, right? Not knowing what the future holds can be scary. And I think a lot of people experienced that in 2020 with the pandemic, you know, it first, it was, oh, this is going to be over in a few weeks. And then it was dragging out to a couple months. And then, you know, then we don't really know how long it's going to go on. And what most people struggled with was, not having a certainty, not having an end date, not knowing really what's going to happen. And so during that, that season, you know, as, as I moved in with you and, you know, we kind of started our, our life together, um, there were so much change, but it really had to be a shift in my mindset. You know, I was learning how to, you know, go from such a terrible situation, but to a a great situation. But there was a lot of learning that had to happen too, right? A lot of embracing some uncertainties. I mean, I was in a new city and back then we didn't have GPS and Siri and, you know, uh, Tom Toms, right? I just, I can remember driving around to different places and I'd have to stop and I'd have to call you and be like, I'm on such and such a road and I don't know how to get to so-and-so. Right. And it seems almost ironic now because most people are so used to just plugging in a, a GPS address. But but even something as as small as just going to the grocery store was stressful because I didn't know how to do it. Right. Everything was new. Everything was uncertain. And that's the same concept when change happens. The impact for a lot of us is that uncertainty. And so it's stressful. Right. When change happens, the impact is stress now some stress can be good 
because we do learn and we do grow. But stress can also be a burden for us to carry. And I think it's recognizing that and learning how to deal with that. Yeah. So, so all of you listening, uh, we, we're going to share some of our personal stories, but we had never, we didn't, you know, what Rhea just described that I met her in, in 2000, in June, uh, June of 2000. And then, uh, found out all that was happening during uh, those first several months. And the, the day that I found out that it was happening is the day that I made sure it stopped happening. It didn't happen again. And I didn't know if she was going to come live with me. I, I just said, that ain't happening anymore. You ain't going to that situation. You can go live with your grandparents. We can call the law. And, I mean, or you can live with me. I didn't know. I wasn't going to tell her what to do. I wanted her to, I knew she'd been through some stuff. And uh, I, I encourage you, go go to Rhea Story, R-I-A-S-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash TEDx, T-E-D-X. And you can watch a seven minute video of her talking about her story and you can access her three books there. You know, if this if her story touched you in some way or you know someone that might need to hear it, but Rhea is an amazing human being. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing this series with her and, and writing this book with her. And, you know, we went through a lot of change. Her her life, talk about the impact of change. I mean, she just talked about a pretty dramatic change, but, you know, she she went on to, to get her MBA. She went from, she had to get her GED and then she went all the way through and got her MBA. It took her about 10 years to make that journey, but she did it with a 4.0, all kinds of change. And then she went and uh, had a healthcare administration career and my background was manufacturing. And today we do this together. Last, uh, I say last year, but we're in 2021 now. So it's 2019, we were in 40 States and Rhea has her lane. Her lane is helping women, but and mine's blue collar space, but most often we speak together, just like we're doing right here. Kind of what you're hearing today is kind of like when we're speaking, it's a little bit more different when we're on stage and we're together and we stand beside each other and there's an audience out there, but uh, you know, it's much more dynamic, but everything we do is trying to help people look for the positive in change, especially on the individual level. And uh you know, part of my change when all that happened was my world was changing. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea what was going to happen when we, when she chose to come live with me. I didn't know what the future was going to be, but I was looking for the positive. Mm. And if you get one nugget out of today's episode, I would say acknowledge the negative. You don't need to miss it. You don't need to assume it's not there because there may be some negative, but don't focus on the negative. Focus on the positive. There's always positive. There's always positive. We look for the positive. When it first pops up, we may look at the negative, even us. When it first pops up, it's just almost natural you look for the negative. But we don't stay there very long. Whatever the negative is, as soon as we, as soon as we realize that we just acknowledge the negative, we got to turn around and flip it, and then what's going to be the positive? Mm. I mean, it doesn't matter. It could be a, it could be a divorce. It ain't got to be politics. You may go through a divorce. There's going to be a lot of negative, but there's mm. also going to be some positive, especially if you didn't like that person you were with. It'll be easy <laughs> to find the positive, but you may love them tremendously. And yeah, the, the impact of change always brings out the best in some people and the worst in some people. Oh. And I think that, that you're, what you're exactly 
what you're saying there is exactly right. You know, some people have just gotten more intentional about focusing on how does this bring out the best in this situation. Um, Abraham Maslow has a great quote. I just wanted to read that and, and kind of share that. It says, when we are faced with change, we either step forward into growth or we step backward into safety. Mm, that is, it is such a powerful quote. When we are faced with change, we're either stepping forward into growth or stepping backward into safety, right? There's that. I, I'm going to interrupt you, Ria. Okay. Relate that to your personal story that you shared a minute ago. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with that. Oh, is is what? <laughs> no, it's it's great minds think alike, right? Um, it's that opportunity, and you know, for me, that was stepping out into a whole new world and a new situation, and leaving home with pretty much nothing, and stepping forward into growth and going, and you know, I had to start earning a GED and going to college and working, going, working and going to school at night and all of that, right? That's a, that's a lot of growth. And I chose to step forward into growth, but there's certainly a little part of our mind that says, no, I'm going to step back where it's safe. I'm going to step back into a known situation, right? And that's, it's almost just a little whisper in the corner of your mind. And you have to just remember, I'm going to step forward into growth instead of stepping back into safety and stagnation. Because that's what happens when we step backward into safety, we are stepping back into stagnation. Yeah, that's 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 some good stuff. And you know, it, what you just shared, it applies to a lot of abusive situations. It may not be the type of abuse you had. It could be physical abuse, you know, domestic violence type stuff. Could be a new job. <laughs> could be a new job. I mean, yeah, a lot of people leave a job and go back to the job because they don't want to grow in the, in the new job or they're scared when they get out there. It's a scary world. I don't know the people. I don't know the process. I don't know the product. I don't know a lot of it. I mean, I, I always love that. I, I, was, I never wanted to stay in a, a job much longer than a year, even in the same company. I'd move. I was, if you read my book, Blue Collar Leadership, Leading from the Front Lines, I talk about being for, promoted 14 times in my 20-year career. That's because I love change. <laughs> I, after about six months I start getting bored after another six months I got something got to happen because I, I love growth I love learning I like whatever's next it energizes me same doing the same old thing bores me to death and you may love that but I'm still I'm here to tell you change is happening that's why that we titled this book change happens you may love doing what you're doing and you want to do it for the next 40 years but everything around you is going to be changing while that's happening and the way that you deal with it is going to impact mm. your life in a, in a big way. But so we're going to shift the second half. And we've already started a little bit talking about uh, talking about leadership a little bit. Because, you know, the first thing that, that people want to know, the first thing people want to know when change happens, and it's happening all the time, is how is this change going to impact me? Absolutely. That's the first thing that comes to our mind, isn't it? How is it going to affect me? That's yeah. just, go ahead. And it's a leader's job. It's not a manager's job. The manager doesn't care. When, and, and real quick, you know, managers manage things and processes, and they also choose to manage people. But you shouldn't. You should choose to lead people. And this, that's not what this series is about, so we're not going to get too deep into that. But managers of people just expect people to change. Leaders of mm -hmm. people want to help them change. So they're on the front end, they're preparing. They already know when change happens, people want to know how's this going to impact me. So instead of just changing, 
walking away and letting people deal with it however they decide to deal with it, which usually is not a very positive way. Leaders begin with the end in mind. They may start talking about the change before the change is ever there. They might start asking questions about the change. They're going to build relationships with the people and have already built them and include and involve the people in change. They're going to, they're going to make sure that they don't decide how's this going to impact me, that they're going to look at the negative. They're going to start trying to bring the positive. I've seen when I was consulting because I dealt with a lot of top leaders and leaders at all level, but all the way from the bottom to the top when I was consulting and uh, because I was responsible. I was responsible for leading change. That's what I did for those 11,000 hours. I had to help people see what's the impact. That's why the first four hours and then also every hour, the first first hour on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's eight hours out of 40 hours, 20%. I was always working on mindset. And part of it was what we just talked about, helping people understand how is this going to impact me. So my first four hours, I'm getting them, I'm getting their mindset ready to embrace change so that when we actually start changing, they're ready. They like me. They know who I'm about, what I'm about. They know who I am. They, they know why it's important for them to change. They know we're there to make it better, not worse. They know I'm not going to change it. They're going to change it. I'm going to ask some questions. If they don't want to change it. They don't have to change it. They are responsible. They own the process. If I own it and I go in and try to dictate all the changes, well, when I walk away, I still own it. And if they didn't want the change, they're not going to try to help the change actually take hold not going to make improvements upon that to even get better. They're going to resist it, which means it's going to go backwards. It's going to get worse. If they don't own it, when you're leading change, if your team's not bought into the change and you're trying to force it on them, you own it. Mm. And they, and they want you to own it. And if they were against it, they want it to fail so that you'll be wrong and they'll be right. (laughs) High impact leaders know all of this stuff before it ever happens. They're already in their mind. You know, they study this kind of stuff. You want to be a high-impact leader of people? You need to know what's in this book so that you can help other people learn what's in this book. If you learn what's in this book and you're a leader of people and you're a high-impact leader, there's going to be absolutely no way that you can't go lead them through this book study because when you understand what's in it, you want them to know what's in it. And there's nothing more powerful than to lead them through it so that everybody starts embracing change the same way. And it becomes a huge competitive advantage for your organization especially if you're you the owner of the organization. You're not the CEO, but it's your organization. You started it. You built it. You want to compete effectively. You get everybody in your organization to embrace change. Imagine right now as a leader, think about the last time you implemented a big change. How'd it go? If it didn't go well, now think about and reflect how much mindset development of those people who resisted. How much have you done? You ever taught them anything on change? Have you ever introduced them to anything like we're talking about now? So you don't have to buy the book. We hope you buy the book because you're going to get a lot more out of the book. But what you can do is share this podcast with them. Sit down and listen to it. Sit down and listen to it and then talk about it. It's going to take you longer because the podcasts are usually 20, 30 minutes long, but you can cover a chapter in six or seven minutes. Talk about your key takeaways. You do that once a week, 30 weeks you've led an effective book study and a lot of growth for your team relative to mindset. Yeah, I just wanted to share a quote um, as we wrap up this episode. The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, 
but on building the new. And um, that quote actually comes from a book Dan Millman wrote, and uh, the character in the book is nicknamed Socrates, but uh, it's not the, the Socrates that immediately comes to mind. So the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And there again, that happens personally and professionally. Yeah, and uh, I just like to say, you know, when, when change happens, those going through change tend to whine. Mm-hmm. And those growing through change tend to shine. Mm. I mean, if you teach people what's in this book or they learn what's in this book on their own, they're going to be looking for change. Because I'm telling you, before I ever read any of this stuff, when I was just, you know, first 10 years of my career, I was a frontline entry-level factory worker. Nobody ever taught me this. Nobody ever introduced me to this. But like Rhea said about me, I, I just like change. And so when things started changing, I knew I was about to get to shine. You know, I, I, I sat at the break table and, and moaned and groaned with all the, the whiners. They were, I was surrounded by whiners, everybody moaned and groaned. And I was real good at joining them. I was like a social comedian. But I also knew if I get them fired up, I mean, I was bad. I was not a, as good a person as I am today. But I knew if I could get all of them, you know, I was doing more manipulation back then. Manipulation is bad influence, not good influence. But I'd get all them people fired up, hating the change, because I knew I was going to kill it. <laughs> more of them, I could get it stirred up. And there's people more. in your organization like that. But the more I could get them stirred up to wanting to resist change, and I knew I'm going to embrace change, and I can handle, I can handle that because I had to, you know, hear them later saying, "Man, I thought you was against this." Yeah, but I changed my mind. But I. You know, I was different then today. Y'all have to understand I'm much better than I used to be before I started learning leadership. I've been reading every day since 2008 and applying this stuff. And and I, as soon as I started learning this stuff, I started sharing it with other people. Mm. And so when you read this book or you listen to us talk, we, Rhea and I live what we're teaching. We've validated it many, many times. We've seen other people, you know, validate it. And we don't care who believes it or not. We know it's the truth. These books are full of principles. What about gravity and principles, Ria? And then we yeah, you know, close up after that. These principles are just like gravity. You know, gravity is a principle. And even if you don't know what gravity is and you don't know what to call gravity, it still affects you. It still applies to you. If you walk off the roof of a building, <laughs> gravity is still going to affect you, right? You could be saying there's no such thing as gravity all the way down, but you are still going to fall. Gravity is just a principle, and these leadership principles and principles of influence, principles of success are the same way. Even if we don't know what they are or what to call them or how to talk about them, they still affect us. And when we can learn to work with them instead of against them, we can learn to be so much more effective in life. So my challenge at the end of episode two today, two of 15, is to... Stop going through change. Start growing through change. And we're going to help you. This entire series is going to be about that. If you want us to come out and talk to your people, we can do it virtually. You know, real quick, I talk about this. You can go to my bluecollarleadership.com uh, special offer menu at the top. Anybody in the United States who purchases 200 books, you can get 200 of these books. It could be 200 of any of our 31 books. For 3600 bucks, you get the books. We'll invest. If you'll invest in your people, we'll invest in your people. We'll come out and uh, do two hours on site or we'll speak at a conference 
or we'll get on a computer, do it virtually, whatever. It's an option. We're here to help you. We love helping people grow through change. So when you think about this and you think, man, everybody in my company needs this and, and you don't want to lead it, we'll be there for you. And we'll do it for free. Basically, you buy the books, we'll invest in your people. And one reason is because it's easy to engage and build a relationship with people when they know you're there to help them. You're not there because somebody paid you $20,000. We've been paid $20,000 to speak, but I promise you the people appreciate us being in front of them when they know that I had to spend Rhea's money to come <laughs> speak to them. We go to San Diego, California from Atlanta or Seattle, Washington. We don't get there for free. We got to pay to get there. And so that's one reason. It's hard to get people to embrace change. So if they mm. think you're just a paid puppet for the leader, it changes their mindset initially. So that's one reason we do that deal. So if you're not familiar with that deal, go check it out. So we'll see you on the next episode, episode three. And in that episode, we're going to be talking about two ways to deal with change. Talk to you next time.